Welcome, you're listening to Ask the Doulas, a podcast where we talk to experts from all over the country about topics related to pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and early parenting. Let's chat. Hello, hello, this is Kristen with Ask the Doulas, and I am so excited to chat with Emma Bromley. She is owner and creator of the Bromley Method. Emma is a single mom, Pilates studio owner, diastasis expert, and co-author of The Pelvic Floor. She helps busy moms heal from things like diastasis and leaking with simple, but highly effective strategic core healing workouts, both in person and with her online courses. Welcome, Emma. So happy to have you here. Thank you. And thank you for that great introduction. Yeah, so I am very excited to chat about the pelvic floor. So I feel yes. like a lot my of my favorite subjects. Yeah. Yeah. Like doula clients <laughs> listeners, they're often confused about the difference between Kegels and like preparing in pregnancy and um, recovery in the postnatal time about what they can and cannot do with the pelvic right. floor and what is normal yeah. and what is something to chat with your provider about and seek a pelvic floor therapist or a physical therapist and so on. Yeah. All right. So, so now, um, let's get into it. Okay. So the first thing to note is, I guess the first thing I should say is I'm not a huge fan of traditional kegels in the traditional sense of the word. And the reason for that is what I don't know whether it's a case of broken telephone that's happened over time. I don't know how they were initially intended to be taught. But what's happened over time is that many women think squeezing of their pelvic floor. And what happens when you over time squeeze and squeeze and squeeze with the pelvic floor is it can become very tight. And tightness Tightness and weakness, first of all, go hand in hand together. They're like best buds. But second of all, tightness brings on a whole other set of symptoms and issues than a weak pelvic floor. So what you've essentially done is you've got your weak pelvic floor and you've done your kegels and you've got squeeze, squeeze. And now you've got a tight pelvic floor and you've got a whole other set of issues on top of that. So common misconception is that a tight pelvic floor is a strong one, that tightness equals strength. And it doesn't. It's actually completely the opposite. A tight pelvic floor is actually a weak pelvic floor. It's not tightness we're looking for with the pelvic floor, it's strength. So basically, in a nutshell, a tight muscle equals a weak muscle, and a weak muscle can't do its job properly. What we're actually looking for is a strong muscle that can both fully contract and fully release. And that is essentially what's being missed with what many people's idea of kegels are, is that we aren't getting that full release as well as the full contraction. Yes, makes perfect sense. As a birth doula, I often, again, it's all about relaxing. And Mm -hmm. if my client is tight and tense in any way, um, and sometimes athletes tend to have a hard time relaxing and releasing. So they might have a really tight pelvic floor. And so to get them to open up in labor can be challenging. Yeah. So I I feel like I should say I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not a licensed physical therapist. I never claim to be. This kind of conversation is well known in the physical therapy community. It's not well known in the fitness community. Therefore, 
like the general public. And so what I, and it's my passion is to help to change that in the fitness community is understanding that squeezing and tightening actually isn't what we're looking for. Yes. And so there are a bunch of, they're kind of like telltale signs. When I work with somebody in a private capacity, I usually ask them a bunch of questions in the beginning. So there are certain symptoms that go along with a weak pelvic floor, and there are other symptoms that go along with a tight pelvic floor. So it's very difficult to strengthen a muscle that is in a constant state of tension. So it's important for me to know if somebody's got a tight pelvic floor before I start helping them try try to strengthen their pelvic floor. Because if they're very tight, we need to work on releasing before we can start to strengthen so I'll often ask them things like the the absolute probably I'd say the most common telltale sign is urging continence which and I'll talk about the difference between urging continence and stress incontinence but urging continence is where you know when you're just like absolutely all of a sudden desperate for a pee and you're kind of like hopping up and down and you don't know if you're going to make it on time that is a common, very, very common sign of a tight pelvic floor. And so if somebody's experiencing that, then I know that we need to start working on release techniques first before we can strengthen. And the other really common one is painful penetration. Uh-huh. So penetration is not supposed to be painful. And sometimes people think, oh, well, I've had a baby, so that's why it's painful. No, it's usually painful because the pelvic floor is too tight. So I'll use various different techniques to help them try to release their pelvic floor. And I usually, if I'm working with someone in a private capacity, I usually, I usually do that at the beginning of our first session. I'll do it at the beginning of maybe our first few sessions to try to help them get that release first before we can start to strengthen. And then a weak pelvic floor often goes hand in hand with stress incontinence, which is more of like if you're jumping on a trampoline or you sneeze and you leak a little bit. Yes. So two very different types of incontinence. Both are very related to the pelvic floor, but for slightly different reasons. Yes, that makes sense. And typically the second is what women assume they're going to have to live with after having a child or children. Yeah. Is and you can't again, dance without leaking or sneeze, whatever it might be. Yeah. But the crazy thing about that is, is that a weak pelvic floor actually has a very easy fix. And so many of us have just been led to believe because it happens to all of our friends. Yes. We just think, oh, well, I'm a mum now, so it's normal. And it's not. No. It's common, but it's not normal and it's not supposed to be that way. Exactly. So there's so much education that's needed, but I feel like a lot has changed in the 10 years that I've been a doula. Like providers are now talking in that postnatal visit, the six-week appointment about pelvic floor physical therapy and what is normal and what isn't. So it's, I feel like we've come a long way, but it's still, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions out there related to, again, as you said, on intimacy and the postpartum, like it's not supposed to hurt. And yeah. Right. So you don't have to leak. You don't have to be uncomfortable. And again, that urge um, is also not normal. So, right. Yeah. And so I think typically in the in the fitness industry, we're told we'd go to our six week postpartum check and the doctor says, right, you're cleared for working out. And what happens is not knowing any better, we all go back to our regular whatever workouts we were doing pre-birth, not realizing that actually the pelvic floor needs a bit of a rehab period. 
before we can start doing those things again. So particularly, I'm a Pilates instructor. So particularly in the Pilates world, what happens is people go back, they're like desperate to get back to their Pilates reformer classes. And they go into their Pilates reformer class, they're cleared six weeks, they go straight back into all of the things they were doing before. So they're doing the hundreds and their crunches and their sit-ups and their series of five. And they're like, yes. But what happens is those exercises, a lot of people don't realize this, but those exercises are actually quite advanced core exercises. And when you go straight back into doing advanced core exercises with a weak pelvic floor, I usually use the analogy of like building a house on sand. Like you're basically asking for trouble. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so I know that you work with women, you know, not only throughout pregnancy, but in the recovery time and have specific programs and exercises just for them during the recovery. So they're not going straight back to their old workouts, whether it's Pilates or any sort of, um, yeah. know, if they're a whatever marathon is, runner, yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. they want to get back to running or swimming, whatever their sport is. Right. Yeah. And so the other, the, here's the other thing that happens with running is when you go right back in the running with a weak pelvic floor, it bounces it really bounces up and down and when there's not much stability in the pelvic floor and it really is bouncing what can happen is it a lot of people will say oh I went back to running but it feels like my vagina might fall out and that's actually a that's actually a sign of a prolapse so the prolapse can happen when the pelvic floor is not strong enough to hold up the internal organs and it all starts to kind of collapse a little bit inside and that's another thing that then people will get disheartened and they'll say oh do you know what I'm just not I'm just not going to run anymore it just doesn't feel good not realizing that actually if you strengthen your pelvic floor it doesn't feel like that anymore right so starting out with a program um, to ready your body for physical activity is the first step versus going right back into um, yeah. your exercise yeah. program mm-hmm. pre-pregnancy yeah. Exactly. And to be honest with you, so I, I work with women who maybe they're 20 years postpartum, maybe we've been working together for several years, and I still don't teach them the hundreds, I still don't teach them the series of five, I've got all the Pilates equipment, but I've, I essentially now, because I believe that these low pressure, essentially physical therapy, ab exercises are so much more effective for anyone who's ever had any kind of pelvic floor dysfunction, I continue teaching those exercises. So I'm basically the Pilates instructor that teaches ads and Pilates because I've tossed out all of the traditional Pilates core exercises from my repertoire and essentially replaced it with variations of physical therapy core exercises because I find it to be so much more effective. You can have great abs with those ab exercises. And a lot of people think, here's the other misconception, is that a lot of people think, oh, if it's not burning, if it doesn't feel really hard, then it's not doing anything, which actually isn't true. That makes sense. And so you don't feel like you're getting a good workout unless you're really hurting. Right. And so, and I was explaining this to someone the other day. Here's the difference is because when you do, anytime you lift your head up from the ground, let's say you're doing the hundreds, you're doing a series of five, you're doing crunches or you're doing sit-ups, you're using your rectus abdominals, your six-pack abs. What I teach with a low, what I call low pressure abdominal exercises is we use more of the transverse abdominals and the transverse abdominals, they are the ones that wrap around your waist like a corset. And I always use this analogy of tying your shoelaces tight, right? If you want to tighten your waist, get rid of your bulging tummy, all of those things, the best way to do it is to work your transverse abdominals because it pulls your shoelaces tight. It tightens your waist. Whereas your six pack abs, your rectus abdominals, they don't tighten your waist. Right. 
Makes sense. So tell us about the Bromley method. Specifically. Yeah, so specifically, the Bromley method is essentially Pilates, but with all of the core exercises taken out. That's essentially what the method is. And I'm super passionate about it because when you take out all of those super advanced, it's the super advanced core exercises that tend to give people low back issues. And you'll hear people say, oh, I've been, my doctor told me to go and do Pilates. So I've been doing group performer Pilates classes, but then they keep throwing their back out and they keep throwing their back out because the core exercises are too advanced for their core in particular. And what's more effective is strengthening the pelvic floor, learning how to activate the transverse abdominals, strengthening the obliques. So essentially I've tossed out all of those exercises and really really like I could have been working with somebody for seven years and I'm still not doing the hundreds with them because why? Like what's the act what's the purpose of it? Exactly. If you can get if you can get results elsewhere without them throwing their back out. So and you work with your clients in studio, you of course have an online program. And yeah, then... so I, I have a studio, as you, as you can see in the back here, um, I teach one to one only in the studio, I don't teach any group classes. And the reason for that is because I'm, <laughs> people call me nitpicky, uh, <laughs> which yes. I, I'm actually very proud of. Like when somebody says, wow, you're so nitpicky, I take it as a compliment. Like, well, it's the way I love to, to teach. Yeah, just to pull the exercises apart and then put them back together. And I'm like, we slow it down. We're not using momentum. We're not like doing things really quickly right we slow it down we figure out it's partly it's mind body connection as well a lot of people are so disconnected their mind from their body and a lot of times what we feel like we're doing in our body is not how it looks like to an onlooker and uh-huh. that's what i look to change when i teach somebody privately is let's reconnect those mind body connections and let's actually really connect with your body because it translates into life it translates into let's say you're on a plane and you're lifting a suitcase down um right. you know it translates to being aware of how you're moving your body so that we're not throwing our back out all the time so yeah so i what i teach privately in here but i also teach privates on zoom and on facetime I also have people who I have a six week program essentially where they can kind right. of go through and learn all of my techniques. Some of those people have been doing it for several years. They just keep going around the six week program. Some of them will occasionally check in with me and do like a one off private with me. They've got maybe they've got a bunch of questions. Maybe they want to do like a troubleshooting session or whatever. And then I also have a live program where I teach twice a week and I just basically open up my Zoom room. And if they're enrolled in a live program, they can come and join my my own workout in the studio. So so many options and mm-hmm. you can have clients all over the world that way. So it's lovely. Right. Yeah, it's great. It's and great. then you're a co-author as well. So tell us about your book. Hey, Alyssa here. I'm just popping in to tell you about our course called Becoming. Becoming a mother is your guide to a confident pregnancy and birth all in a convenient six-week online program. From birth plans to sleep training and everything in between, you'll gain the confidence and skills you need for a smooth transition to motherhood. You'll get live coaching calls with Kristen and myself, a bunch of expert videos, including chiropractic care, pelvic floor physical therapy, mental health experts, breastfeeding, and much more. You'll also get a private Facebook community with other mothers going through this at the same time as you to offer support and encouragement when you need it most. 
And then of course, you'll also have direct email access to me and Kristen, in addition to the live coaching calls. If you'd like to learn more about the course, you can email us at info at goldcoastdoulas.com or check it out at thebecomingcourse.com. We'd love to see you there. Yes. So I co-authored, there was 10 of us, I think it was. It was released May of 2022. It's called The Pelvic Floor. And we basically are a bunch of kind of pelvic floor experts from different fields. So we've got like a birthing coach, we've got a doula, we've got a physical therapist, we've got myself, a Pilates instructor. So we've got people from all different walks of life who consider their specialty to be in the pelvic floor. Super, super interesting because everybody's written, everybody's written essentially a main chapter and then we've all kind of chimed in on different topics. And it's essentially a pelvic floor 101. It's basically a pelvic floor Bible, essentially. I love it. So where can our listeners find the book? They can find it on, yeah, they can find it on Amazon. It's called The Pelvic Floor. Obviously, when you type in the pelvic floor, all sorts of things come up. But if you type in of the course. pelvic floor, Emma, Emma Bromley, as I'm one of the authors, then it will come up straight on top. Excellent. And you do have an excellent comprehensive website with all of your different programs. So that's thebromleymethod.com. And I know yes. you're also very active on social media. Yes. So yeah, Inst- Instagram that- is my happy place. <laughs> that's that's where I like to essentially disrupt Pilates community. Where I love I'm, it. You know, yeah, I like to think it- of myself as a disruptor. We need more disruptors for sure. <laughs> so, what other tips do you have for our listeners, Emma? I I think honestly, my my main tip is listen to your body. Listen to your body because I think so many of us have become disconnected. Um, Listen to your body. Listen to the symptoms. Those symptoms are essentially warning signs from your body. Your body is telling you something. None of these things that we just have to tolerate as mums, whether it's diastasis, whether it's prolapse, whether it's leaking, whether it's urging continence, whatever it is, those things, warning signs. And it's super important to address those warning signs and to I said the other day, I said this on Instagram, if you want different for yourself, you have to move different. Yes. Perfect. Right. So, and I think so many of us just kind of like follow along with what all our friends are doing or what we were doing pre-pregnancy. And if it's not working for you, do something different. Yes. Any advice for, you know, listeners who've had tearing and they're trying to heal from that as far as wanting to work out and how to really deal with some issues, painful tearing and trying to even prep their body for baby number two or three after experiencing some tearing. Yeah, I I think with tearing, I think like I'm not a huge expert on tearing, but I think go easy on your body. I think so many of us want to like rush back into the workouts. Like I was messaging with somebody the other day who was feeling frustrated with her body because she was four months postpartum and she wasn't happy with the the way her belly looked. And I'm like, four months postpartum is really early. It is. It's really early to be feeling frustrated with your body. Like obviously, yeah, Yeah. obviously there's tons of things that you can be doing, but don't, don't rush it. There's no rush. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What was the second question? So it's more of just um, prepping your body for future babies. Oh, sorry. Well. Yes. Prepping your body. for Yes, exactly. Prepping your body for future pregnancies. So a, lo- a question I get asked a lot is I'm planning on having another baby. Shouldn't I just wait until after the after I'm done having babies before working on my pelvic floor? And my answer is always definitely not because right. a stitch in time saves nine. 
like it's wild to me that people would think oh I'll just wait until afterwards because these issues get worse with each pregnancy right and we can do so much work on fixing these symptoms before we go into another pregnancy and then you're essentially starting with a fresh slate again like it's a no-brainer definitely work on work on your pelvic floor rehab your core that's not to say put off having another baby i'm just saying don't put off your pelvic floor rehab until after you're done having kids do it now exactly and that can impact your length of labor your labor experience so that well well, the other great thing is that a strong pelvic floor actually typically makes for a smoother and less complicated delivery it's very often like particularly a tight pelvic floor makes you know, can make delivery more complicated. And again, I'm not an expert in delivery. That's a conversation for somebody else. But having, a, a, like I said at the beginning, a strong pelvic floor is a strong muscle, is a strong, is a muscle that can both fully contract and fully release. Yes. Right. So a strong pelvic floor has that ability to get a really good release. Yeah, that's very helpful. So as far as Pregnancy, any tips in preparation during pregnancy that would be helpful? Strengthen your pelvic floor. <laughs> strengthen the pelvic floor. Strengthen um, your pelvic floor during, during pregnancy. Um, obviously, yeah, strengthen, join your program. Strengthen your pelvic floor. So my program is it is a specific postpartum program. It's not, it's not tailored towards specifically people who are pregnant. However... I've had so many women go through the program and then get pregnant with another child and say, which of these, which of these sequences can I do during pregnancy that I ended up pulling out all of the sequences that can be safely done during pregnancy and that are also super helpful to do during pregnancy. And I've put a prenatal like workout library. So basically, if you go through the program, you get pregnant again, ah, here are all the workouts that you can do during pregnancy and are super helpful. So yeah, I've, I've had this conversation a lot with people who are pregnant who literally think that because we don't do crunches during pregnancy, they take that to mean don't train your core during pregnancy. Your rectus abdominals are just one part of your core. And so and that that's the important thing to note during pregnancy is we don't train okay. the rectus abdominals during pregnancy because the rectus abdominals, the the abdominals that get affected when we have a diastasis because they move apart during pregnancy. It's a natural part of pregnancy that they should move apart to make space for baby. What we do want to be doing during pregnancy, however, is number one, strengthening the pelvic floor. Number two, strengthening the transverse abdominals, which are your corset abs and give a huge amount of support for baby. And number three is strengthening the obliques, your side abs. So four different parts of your core but a lot of people have this misconception that if they're not doing crunches that they shouldn't be doing any core work at all which is not true excellent advice well thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and resources i will definitely you know chat with you in the future we have so many topics we could discuss but definitely yeah and it's i could talk all day about (laughs) it's it's all i i eat sleep and dream it so Well, we definitely need more education. So thanks for the important work you're doing, Emma. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks for listening to Ask the Doulas. For more information about Gold Coast Doulas, visit us on our website, goldcoastdoulas.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Thank you. Remember, these moments are golden.